I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day folks and welcome to the Encounters Down Under podcast. I'm your host Anthony Goodall and I invite guests to the show to share their amazing encounters with aliens and UFOs. If you or someone you know has had an encounter down under or anywhere in the world for our new segment Encounters Unbound, please get in touch with me via the Encounters Down Under Facebook page or email at australianufosightings at outlook.com.au. Be sure to join the Encounters Down Under Facebook page and YouTube channel where you can also get involved during the live stream interviews, sharing your thoughts and opinions during the live show. Also, if you enjoyed the podcast, don't forget to give us a rating and review on your favorite listening platform. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get into what you've been waiting for. Kick back and relax with your favorite beverage and enjoy the show. This episode is available to view on our YouTube channel, so be sure to like and subscribe to the channel and leave a comment with your thoughts on the episode. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encounters Down Under. Brian joins us on this episode who was witness to an unusual craft for a substantial amount of time and even happened to see a larger craft that next night that was witnessed by hundreds of people. Brian was also fortunate enough to be featured on the recent documentary Close Encounters Down Under. So please welcome to the show, Brian. Welcome to the show there, Brian. Yeah, hi, Anthony. Hi, you all. <laughs> Mate, great you having on. Um, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, now, you've had like a, an amazing experience over in New Zealand, you mentioned, and you've even been featured on the uh, Close Encounters Down Under documentary that's coming out uh, this week. Uh, mate, look, mate, I'm going to let you go and spin the wheel here and you know, go and uh, tell us about your experience there and uh, sort of tell us how you, you know, your whole encounter, really. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah, well, it's a hell of a story. And um, I finally decided to tell it, you know, with, I think we've reached a stage where people are quite open to it. But, you know, I did notice, and I've, this is like 42 years ago, whatever. Um, but uh, back then, when you talked about it, it was like you know, glaze and oh, you know, it was was not good for the career back then. And um, but it happened. So look, and what happened was that you might have heard of some. There was some Kaikoura um, sightings that were big news at the time. And that was about '78, um, and uh, this was not long after that. Um, but uh, and that Kaikoura thing was there was I think a Quentin Fogarty a news crew caught it out of an Argosy airplane out the windows they got 
caught this craft traveling beside them and that kind of thing of light it, you know it wasn't actually detail that i actually saw uh but nonetheless it was around that time um so the story goes i, I was what um you know 1980 summer um which is probably three weeks long in christchurch um but um I was driving out at the end of the freeway out of Christchurch, and I, I don't even remember why I was driving out, but I used to just drive sometimes to think and listen to things and um, listen to interviews on radio, whatever it was. Um, but I just got to the end of the freeway and, and driving up a hill, and I saw this bright light just going across the sky, and it kind of caught my attention because there was no flashing lights. It was, you know, planes always have flashing lights. This was just a bright light. So I, you know, while driving, I'd had to slow down because I was off the end of the freeway um, coming out of Christchurch, as I said. And I, I, the moment I focused on it, I saw this craft uh, and I've had an artist draw a picture, which I hope you show. Um, but uh, and it was a three, it was two story house size, but three levels, each level getting slightly smaller with a row of windows on each level. So I was driving and I saw this and it was like, whoa, what is that? Um, and um, yeah, well, that actually that is it's, and this is this is actually I haven't quite got there to where this was was um, recorded, but or where it was, you know, that's what I recorded. Um, but essentially, I, I did a U-turn, went down this country lane, and as I was driving down the country lane, this craft uh, travelled across that lane and stopped in the middle of the paddock on the side. Um, I'll describe a little bit more detail as we go, but. Um, so I pulled the car in by myself and and just was like, whoa, what the hell is that? And it stayed there. Now, I've got to say that white light, the white underneath wasn't like that. It was a duller light, uh, but the artist didn't, he put one big bright light. And so I actually um, tried to lighten it up to create the effect, but it was a duller white light, but it just lit up the ground and the trees as that shows. So proportionally, it's correct. The hills are the hills behind Christchurch City. Not quite as dramatic as that, but nonetheless, about the same size. So proportionally, it's, it's correct. Uh, so here's the thing. This wasn't a bright light in the sky going, oh, that must be a UFO. This was what I saw, and I witnessed this leaning against the front of my car for a quarter of an hour. Quarter wow, of that's an a long hour. time. Uh, that's different, right? That's a close encounter. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember my mind going, whoa, what is that? And I got out of the car, uh, leaning against the front of it, and I was just going, rubbing my eyes, going, I'm dreaming, I'm dreaming. No, I'm not. I even pinched myself, going, you know, what? No, I'm not, definitely not dreaming. And look at that. And those windows, it doesn't show up very well there, but the windows were dully lit. So I studied those windows for the entire quarter of an hour, looking for movement, at which I never saw. Yeah, but... Anyway, I, I um, yeah, as I said, studied it. And then I went, I remember the thought process was, I'm not seeing this, I'm not seeing this. And I was, I was, I was fascinated later on about why was my brain doing so much work trying to talk me out of it? And in fact, it was. And so I was going, it can't be real, can't be real, but it was. And then I remember thinking, well, I should flash my lights at it. And then it was like one of those, yeah, nah, moments. <laughs> <Where I'm, laughs> yeah, nah. <laughs> and, like, I don't know who the hell they are or what they are, you know, it's like, I'll just watch it. And I kept watching it and watching it. And um, I remember dive back into my car and I, think, I knew I didn't have a camera in the car, but I just bloody wanted to make sure just in case. 
And uh, anyway, I did. I dived back into the car and had a look at it. And then I just went out the front and I, as I said, I just keep watching those windows. And, and after a quarter of an hour, and I timed it, 8 to 8.15 p.m. Um, so, you know, the sky was, it was dull like that, dusk. Um, and the event the next night was a similar time, dusk, with a still half-lit sky. Uh, but this was my the first encounter, and um, so I was fascinated. And and as I say, quarter of an hour gives you a chance to really think it through. It's not like well, oh, bright light, wow, that must have been something, you know. This was like, well, you know, this is real, this is real, this is real. And not, honestly, talking 1980s, so I've had 40 something years to process this, so I'm going to be talking through a lot of thought processing that I've gone through and studying, you know, following all the, the um, UFO sites and things like that and, and being a, and I call myself an open-minded skeptic. Uh, a lot, I, I criticize and, and write off, uh, a, you know, probably 20, 30% of what I see as, you know, good CGI, nice move, but, you know, but, but you just can't these days. There's so much and it's growing. The reporting is growing. Anyway, back to the story. So it then started to move off after a quarter of an hour, it started to move off and it was heading across, back, and in the distance was the city. Uh, so it started heading across the city of Christchurch. Um, and I chased it in my car, and I was just chasing it and looking up, driving as it through the city, looking up there, it is, it's still going there. It was getting ahead of me, so I was struggling through traffic, and I ended up driving up to the top of the hill uh, to a place, I think it's called the Sign of the Kiwi or something, uh, but it's right on the top of the hill. And um, and then I actually um, drove along that thinking I, it might have landed. You know, I was so, I was excited now. I really wanted to do more. I got over the, and I didn't really have fear, but I got over that little concern I had. Um, and uh, so then I, I drove along the hill thinking, looked, I even got out of the car at one stage, looking at lights, thinking, wonder if it's landed, wonder if it's landed, but it had gone. It had gone over the hill, but I was just trying to, you know, see if there was, I could get another look at it. So anyway, I went home, told my flatmates, um, and um, so I was early 20s, you know, so I told my flatmates, well, this is what I've had, and, and, and they were like, wow, wow. But like everyone, they had this, you know, you get this like, yeah, okay. that <laughs> you have a certain resistance to it. So they were a little bit, mm, yeah, okay. But I was just, I didn't care. I was just like, this happened. This is what I saw. Bloody amazing. Yep, 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 yep. So anyway, that created a bit of a stir amongst my friends. And um, then the following night was the big event. Uh, and what happened then was I was up with my girlfriend. Um, um, Carolyn at the time, and we were up in the base of the hills, the very hills where that went to. We were just up above, just above the city, so you could just see rolling down over the city, and it was dusk again. And um, as we we're driving a quiet street, no traffic, nothing. It was just, and as we drove, and it always reminded me of the beginning of the very first Star Wars. The windscreen, across the top of the windscreen, a big black shadow. So it's dusk, but this was a black shadow. It went over at least two football fields in size. Huge. I can't quite remember the shape of the front because I was still taking it in. But it just went over the top. I stopped the car in the middle of the street. And we both got outdoors open, went, wow, and watched this thing going over the city, over the edge of the city, kind of a quarter into the city, the northern edge heading 
pretty much north east a bit, I think, but northerly. So heading out towards, uh, there's a river, I think, called the Waimakariri or something, but it was that direction. I took a bead on it. So she went there to, to um, anyway, I'll describe that in a sec. But um, yeah, so this thing went over the city. It had two huge trailing black arms, no lights, which has puzzled me ever since. But it was just black. It was just a black shape, two huge trailing arms, massive things. Uh, so not, I know everyone's going to say, she is Star Trek, Star Trek, and all that kind of thing, but... It did, you know, truth is it did. Um, and so we were like, wow. And now she was going, wow, because, you know, she'd heard before the night before. And here was this mothercraft. Essentially, that's what it was. Mothercraft, two, if not three football fields inside. So it's a big thing blotted out the sky from here to there. You know, it was like big. And silent, absolutely silent, as was the first craft. Um, so I've come to figure out that the first one that night before was a scout craft of sorts. But anyway, um, we turned on the radio and people were ringing in the radio station. They would go, well, did you see that? Wow, this, this thing just went over the city. And blah, blah, blah. The radio, another radio station, same thing. And as it turned out, this was in the, in the paper and on the radio and, and uh, for the next few days. But anyway, we were um, listening to this and I don't quite know why I did it, but because I'd taken that bead to the river mouth, we just drove out there uh, to the river mouth, and um, so uh, I'm realising I'm just Anthony. I'm just talking here, so you're happy right. to just carry on like this. It's Keep just going, a, mate. No, you're doing wonderful. I'm just hitting play and playing what happened, you know. So, but as I say, um, I, we went out to this river mouth, drove out, and there were some fishermen, three old fellas and a young guy. I mean, I was young too, but and we said, "Did you guys see anything weird coming over?" It's like. These old fellows were, oh, and this young guy said, yeah, we saw it. Yeah, it was like, we saw this big thing coming over. And when it got above us, he said it started sparking lights or sparks flash, and it just went whoo, up into the sky into a dot. It took off. <laughs> Turned on its hyperdrive. I'm not sure if he said that, but, you know, it was effectively that's what it looked like to him. And he described it. Then he got on his CB and called in a bunch of others, you know, anyone else see this? And that people were coming in. Um, so, um, yeah, so um, other people were saying, yeah, we saw it, no, we didn't, you know, that kind of thing. And then the radio stations again were kind of getting people calling in all over the place. And I estimate there was at least a thousand witnesses, if not more. I don't know about the night before, because it did go over the city, so but I've never heard of that. And, you know, to be honest, I'm hoping this podcast, one of the reasons I'm doing this is I'm hoping that it's going to draw people out of the woodwork who remember this because there was media uh, and radio and I've, I've tried to Google it and that kind of thing. I've never been able to track it down, but the media specialist would be. The evidence and the media coverage was there, Christchurch Press or whatever it was called. But anyway, um, so... What day did that happen, Soma? What day was sorry? that one happen? What day did that one happen? This is the next day. I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. The next the day. Sorry. Yep. First night was Friday night. Yep. Sorry. This yeah, no, is now the Saturday night, but the following night, uh, when the big craft went over the top, and uh, that's when we went out to the river mouth and did that, all that sort of thing. So anyway, um, yeah, we we went back to our to our flat. I had, I had three or four flatmates back then, and um, they were raving about it. And of course, it was on the radio, so they were hearing this too, and. And uh, so they were all, wow, that's really confirmed it in their minds, you know. 
But what I noticed was people were struggling with it. You know, some of the people were really, and I became quite intrigued with that. They were struggling to grip, come to grips with it. Like mentally, it's a big jump, you know, and I realise it now, uh, and I can talk about this comfortably now, but 40-something years of processing to do it. I tried talking about it with people, you know, weeks and months after and years after, but it's just, as I say, they'll just close off and you can see them going, well, oh, you know, you know, guys lost it. Um, and they, they struggled with their own disbelief. But um, anyway, so what happened was, because the, the uh, Saturday night, you know, we're back home and raving again. So a bunch of us, three or four of us, jumped in the car the Sunday night. So this is Friday, Saturday, big mother crowd, Sunday night. We went up to that top of the hill just in case, because I mean, what else, where else would you go? You know, we were all pumped and excited about it. And so we went up to the hill and, you know, there was bloody at least 100 other people up there having picnics on the grass uh, with telescopes, binoculars and cameras because it was pre-mobile phone. So, um, and um but anyway, so they were up there and they're all like us, hoping it would come back. Uh, so, you know, that, well, from my friend's point of view, that confirmed it. You know, it's like all these other people up there as well now. They'd all seen it. And, um, and you know, all across the hillside. You know, it, was, it was really quite a sight. Uh, so it was just then the, the newspaper the next day picked it up. They just reported it, actually, as it was, you know, just, a, I don't know, three column, you know, three, four centimetres, something like that. Uh, in not front page. It was, you know, probably 10, 11, 12 pages in or something like that. Um, but they did report it. And um, and then over the following days, there was another little report uh, and the radios talked about it a bit more. And then eventually, about a week later, five, seven days, something, uh, there was an article in the paper saying it had been written off by the experts as reflections of a fishing fleet out at sea oh, of course yeah, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> right best they could do uh, oh, it's yeah. just craziness but you know so look that's a synopsis of the whole three-day event as i say if someone did the research that evidence is all there but god knows what microfish or something you know it's like i don't know how you would actually track that down but the uh, the um encounters down under um, six-part series coming out, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, you can take some credit there, Anthony. You got, you got the name right. <laughs> well, they yeah, did. that's right. <laughs> I think they stole from me. It's like, ah, oh, you buggers, I was going to create a documentary. I want to get there. Oh, but, um, they yeah, stole from me. You're going to get a whole lot more subscribers once the show starts showing. Yeah, no, oh, looks to bring it on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. I know. How does that make sense, though? Like, you know, this is oh, Aussie content. Gets sent overseas Aussie. first, and then like, we get, like, the last bit of it, the dregs. Yeah, look, they're trying to sell it around the world. So the UK, some like, not Prime, but some unusual chain, oh, channel. Blaze or something like it was or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and they showed it. And I tried to have a look at it, but it's it's global. What do they call it? Global barred, you know? Yeah, barred. yeah, it's locked. Uh, regional it's locked. Regional lock. And you know, even um, um, even Surfshark wouldn't, wouldn't solve the problem. Oh, bugger. Uh, uh, um, VPN's but, no good these days. But I had a guy contact me saying, hey, I saw you last night, you know. Uh, yours was really interesting, but the guy after you was a... Oh, hang on, we lost him. What's happened? They've cut us off. The deep states cut us off. I hope we're still alive, guys. <laughs> I'm not sure what's going on. 
Throw some Ooh. comments in there, guys, to make sure we're still live. Um, yeah, Dan just dropped <laughs> out from still good? All right, we're good. I think the so team state's getting in. In the, in the second episode. So it starts this coming Thursday, um, and then the second episode presumably is next Thursday, 27th. Um, so... Um, just hang on a sec there, yeah, mate. I, I think we... We just had a bit of a freeze-up moment. There. I'm not sure what happened there. We, um, just go back probably about 30 seconds from where we were talking. Uh, I'm not sure what happened. Like you just froze on us. Yep. So um, yeah, so if you can just go back probably about prior 30 seconds prior to what really, you were talking about. Um, yeah. So this series, six-part series, coming on seven mate and TBNZ yep. as well. I understand soon. Um, but. Um, yeah, it starts this coming Thursday. What's that? The twentieth, I think. Yep. So, and I'm in the second one, which is the twenty seventh. So you, you, you know, you're getting the scoop here, Anthony. Yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> and I reckon, I reckon, you know, you're going to get a, look, a much stronger following because everyone's going to think that you know you triggered this. You are the encounters done under bloke. You know, you're the man. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did play my part there. I did throw a few. Um, people there for with the encounters there to go get featured on the the uh, documentary there and i actually got featured on there as far as i know um i hope i made the cut because i did a horrible job during the interview but um yeah, yeah hopefully they make me look good if they do throw me in there but anyway um yeah, yeah. I, I helped out the, at least a little bit so just so to say yeah oh so good yeah, yeah, well, so they've actually stolen your name is that what's yeah, happened pretty much yeah it's like Jeez. oh wow okay as soon as, um, like, as soon as they come up with the paperwork there to go, oh, can you sign here to tell and say, like, you agree to the terms or whatever, like, you're on here and that, blah, blah, blah. And I've seen the name of the uh, the documentary, I'm like, geez, that's a bit close to mine. It's a bit All right. <laughs> yeah, well, there but, you go. Oh, look, I'm not too worried. You're the inspiration then. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah, no, look, but that's, it's, that's the biggest thing about this whole documentary is and doing podcasts and that and, like, people coming forward with their experiences there. Because the, the whole subject has been taboo for so long there, we want the credibility of these people's experiences that would be known, you know, because it's such a taboo um, subject. And, you know, people are saying things that are strange and that's the whole idea behind what I do anyway, to try and bring credibility to people's experiences. And I'm yeah. hoping that it's documentary that they've brought out now. Um, I'm hoping that's, they're doing the same thing too. Because like, there's so many documentaries out there now, they're all repeating the same crap. You know, everyone's seen the same, you know, for like the first thing they, they load up into a documentary these days is like, is there life out there? You know, for years we've been wondering in space, is there other species or other civilizations out there? Blah, blah, blah. You know, that's how it always opens up on every bloody documentary you watch these days. So I'm hoping these guys are able to produce something a bit different, you know, and bring a lot more credible experiences to, yeah, to life. Yeah. Well, you know what? They, they did ask me what are my views. And as I said, 40-something years to process this. Here's my views, you know. I see Earth as being... Um, the messy house on the street. You know, if you think about that, every, <laughs> you get this messy house on the street and we're it. You know, we're destroying our planet and slowly, bit by bit, you know, and, and so we're, and, and our neighbours are getting concerned. And so they are coming and that's why we're seeing the, there's a whole, you know, there's a growing number of reported sightings. So I think they're trying to get us used to the fact that we live in a much bigger galaxy. It's teeming with life out there. And if you just look at the huge variety of craft, including probably drones and all sorts of things, you know, um, it, it's massive. And they, they're all visiting, checking us, but they obviously have this, uh, what does Star Trek call it, where you don't interfere with the, the, the prime directive, you know, where you don't interfere with them. But So they're always very low-key and shoot off as they can. But I, I'm noticing they're starting to be more 
um, you know, they're, they're coming out more flagrantly. They're coming really in our face more. And they're trying to wake us up to the fact that, hey, you know, geez, you guys, you know, you're part of a galaxy. You know, Earth's a bloody one street and, and or a house on a street and you've got cities and then many cities and so forth. You know, so it's abundant life and huge variety of forms, I would expect. But I remember I said uh, in the interview, I said, but Earth's probably one of those places, you know, when you drive, like the messy house on the street, uh, where, you know, when you drive past, you lock the doors, <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a bit of a joke these days. Because, you know, human, human civilizations, we're a horrible civilization as it is. You know, greed and always trying to conquer each other's countries and that. And like, who would want to come and visit us over anyway? You know, yeah. it's, 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 we are a horrible race when we think about it. Well, we are. And the real question, you know, is why is that? You know, it's because I think most humans don't want that. So I've come to the conclusion that the controlling elite kind of create this angst and warfare and they come here, keep us suppressed. Like, it's almost like, you know, you, you, I've heard Earth is described as like a prison planet or something, you know, where they're just generating all this drama and everything. And why is the whole UFO thing? I mean, in the media, it's well known until recently. You're never, you're never allowed to file a report about UFOs. It's just from the top, the top of the top. And why is that? Because the controlling bloody elite, the cabal, whatever you want to call them, they don't want us waking up. They don't want us waking up to the fact that there's other technology probably better than theirs. You know, they want yeah. to maintain control. So I actually have come to the conclusion that you know, that there is some kind of elite, super elite control cabal, whatever you want to call it, black, you know, <laughs> controlling influence that uh, has been suppressing our growth and evolution. And yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I think, frankly, uh, the way it's building at the moment, I reckon we're in for a speed, it's been called disclosure, you know. I mean, the bloody Pentagon is now admitting it. The US military, they're admitting it. So I reckon within this year, maybe two at the outside, but I reckon probably this year, there's going to be a big disclosure and it's going to go, yeah, guys, you know, this has been real. And, you know, and there's a lot about your history that we're going to tell you now that <laughs> has been suppressed from you. Um, and anyway, so that's my, you know, that's my philosophical way I've come to grips with it all having had those 40-something years to process it and, and see so many craft being recorded and and all the stories. And I've read and studied it because it's fascinating, you know. Once you see it for real, as I said to my son, look, once you know for real that it's a, it's a lot of life out there and they're visiting us regularly and that kind of thing, boy, it expands your thinking to a, to a galactic scale, not a global scale. Yeah, absolutely. Like It's sort of weird, like, when you think about it too, like, why even knock us down in technology when we could have been so far ahead and advanced? Like, uh, like you know, if, if you've heard the um, the rumors there, like conspiracies there, that like you know, Nikola Tesla was well in front. He was talking to aliens, if you want to call them that, or some other beings there. They were sort of helping him gain technology and understand it, whatever, and he was providing it. And if you want to go down the conspiracy path there, where he was assassinated or something, you know, like to stop him from keep producing or whatever, you know, like. The technology that he had that has been sort of been uh, brought out into the open now, you know, it is well and truly above our time now. And yeah. if you think like if we were developing that from that time then to now, what would we be at right now? You know, it's yeah. it's a, it, it, 
it's mind-blowing to think where we could be today with that sort of technology. And because even though we were today, like I think the way I see it, like uh, Roswell was our technological boom. Uh, well, they got the technology from the craft. If you, if that's how you want to look at it, I, I sort of that's my opinion on that. I sort of feel like when the Roswell crash happened, we started getting a little bit like technology, like computer chips, CDs, microwaves, all that sort of stuff, and we boomed from there. And then we haven't really improved since then. We've only just uh, improved the technology that we have. There's nothing that's really sort of mind-blowing technology to open us up to a new sort of technological age kind of thing, except for maybe now the AI sort of stuff's coming out now, which is very scary, I feel, because um, AI is going to be doing a lot of... Once it becomes self-aware, we're going to whole Skynet and Terminator style happen for sure, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, it's just amazing. Like, But like to think that we could have been so far ahead of it because of greedy um corporates corporations and also stuff want to keep us knocked down you know keep the lower guys working their asses off have no quality of life because they're too busy working you know to me it's just crap and we should be yeah, having yeah. a quality of life yeah look i read a fascinating article a while ago about how time travel uh, sorry space travel in space is an effect time travel so they said that the, the theme of it was that if you were trying to control the planet and not let it develop, then what you would do is you'd go back in time and whenever a discovery was starting to pop up, you would go back in time and do something about it to ensure it got wrapped up in legal things. They could, something happened, someone got knocked off, some, you know, whatever it was, come down them, um, yeah, come down on them hard and, uh, and it would never see the light of day. And, you know, mm -hmm. Tesla, his final days were not the happiest. Um, but man, you're right. You know, he, he, he was opening all sorts of doors and that kind of thing. Um, well, oh, someone, Michelle Pratt just put in there, you know, what timeline are we? Well, I think we're jumping timelines at the moment. We're jumping way ahead and we're in for a big, you know, a big awakening, but you know, imagine what would happen. Cause I've noticed this when I tell some people, they go, wow, that's interesting. And others go, oh, you know, so with yeah. disclosure, I reckon it's going to split society. You know, you're going to get those that go, yeah, well, it kind of makes sense. And the other's are going to go, what a lot of shit, all shit. You know, it's like, that's a lot of crap. And and I, I can see this big split happening and uh, it's going to be fascinating. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, if, if you know, if the stage arrives, I'd probably jump on it and tell my story, you know, on a global scale. Yeah, Just, absolutely. You know, do my well, in a sense, disclosure's already happened because the American government's already admitted to these things flying around in their airspaces, and they're even saying yeah. that these are things are flying around um, yeah. other countries that they're aware of. Um, whether they, the only thing is they didn't really admit to who they are because they claim that they don't know who they are or what they are. So in that sort of regard, it is a kind of a disclosure in a sense, but it's just not the disclosure that we sort of yeah. really wanted to sort of like go, you know, hey, aliens are here. That's what we really wanted, you know, and yeah, that's undeniable footage and pictures and stuff would like to go and back that back, back that up but yet they still give us these pixelated infrared footage there that just gives nothing i think it's a bit by yeah. bit trying to a drip adjust feed. the population to it or something but i mean the, the seven nine uh, sorry, channel seven news thing ross coulthard you know the yep. 60 minutes reporter his if you want to get a good overview i mean his shows are brilliant the first one when he was set out to disprove it you know that what a lot of you know, conspiracy theorists this was and that kind of thing. And uh, and he ended up going, my God, it's true. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and um, and spoke to the highest people. And then he gets, you know, naval, US naval 
um, pilots saying they do this training down near Florida or something or other. They have this training route they go. And for two years, there was a craft positioned on their particular point, some navigation point. And it was something like a cube with a sphere in it or a sphere with a cube in it or something like that. Yeah. And they, just, they saw it every day for two years. And so you now this guy's actually coming forward. And, and the people are now, everyone's been so suppressed and careers ruined that, you know, they typically haven't come forward, but people are now doing it. And uh, they're going, bugger it, you know, it's time. It's time. Wake up, everyone. This, you know, and, and by the way, let's get rid of these people at the top, you know, so that have been suppressing all this stuff. Your days are done. And I reckon that's the stage we're in now. Yeah, honestly, especially with the policy, I sort of feel like a lot of people in the past, like I mentioned this a lot in the podcast in the previous episodes and that pilots have lost a lot of their um, credibility as well when they speak about these yeah. strange crafts going around. And I sort of feel like there needs to be... Swamp gas. Yeah, swamp <laughs> gas, exactly. I sort of feel like the, the governments need to be held accountable for what they've been doing to these pilots or even other sort of personnel, you know, that have been trying to report these things. Like, they need to be held accountable for calling these people crazy, trying to dismiss what they're trying to tell everyone, you know? And why? Why do they need to be classed as a crazy person, risk their careers, anything of their life, you know? They're risking their whole lifestyle, you know, just to go and report this. But yet, they just want to get shunned to the dark side, you know? It's it's horrible. I sort of feel. And I still feel like the, the pilots that, or anyone who has lost their career because of that, I still feel they need to be justified to the reasoning and what the you know what's happened yeah yeah it's, it's <laughs> been a horrible thing that they've been doing to people for a long time and um, so that's why you know the days of this whoever that controlling group is you know they need the big flick and uh, you know and let let you know peace reign let people get back together and because i don't think humanity is that bad you know our planet sure looks it when you look at all the dramas but you know it's the controlling forces that bring that about and i think when people were with good uh what would be what would you say humanistic you know benevolent leadership um it could things could really change yeah absolutely and like i'd love to sort of yeah, see us I like just, missed that, just missed that comment about ross coulthard yeah so um felicity's uh joining the comments there saying ross coulthard is mainstream media he's doing this for a reason I think is to make it more believable if they decide to pull out the alien invasion card, which is I sort of find a bit hard yeah. with the the alien invasion thing. It's going to be a big thing to try and organise that. Um, you know, I can't really see why they would go. Okay, we admit to these things there, you know, but we don't know what they are. Only to go and do a fake invasion for for what reason? Like, it, it, yeah. to me, that doesn't really make much sense. Like, like there could be a lot of reasons. But I'm just I'm not in that sort of position to say really. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, I've looked at this too, and I reckon it's it's the last remnants of those in power um, fighting a rearguard action, trying to say, oh, you know, it's like, yeah, it's all going to be an invasion, and and so you know, we, you know, it's going to be bad, and it's not. You know, if, if they were going to invade, they would have done it bloody hundred years ago. You know, it's like they they are purposely low key and and watch us and shake their heads and it's like driving past that music house on the street again you know it's like oh you know when are going to clean up their acts you know maybe maybe we should neighbors get together and come and have a chat with them and that's what's going to happen that's disclosure oh. i reckon the real disclosure is going to be when we actually have our neighbors rock up and go guys 
let's just paint a picture here of what's really happening and what's really going on out there and what's been happening to you guys and that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, everyone's got on the, the, the um, comments here. Liz has got on Project Bluebeam and uh, Michelle's saying fear, keeps pushing fear. Um, yeah. So going on going on the, the fear and the alien invasion sort of thing there, like, um, look, put it this way, like the, these things have been, these beings, crafts, whatever you want to call them, they've been around for potentially thousands of years, if not longer. Um, there could have been previous civilizations, um, you know, tens of thousands of years before us. But so these guys have been hovering around us for now civilizations and they've had the perfect opportunities there to go and try and wipe us out if they really were going to try and invade us. Yeah. So when you're going to put like an alien invasion, a fake invasion or something like that, it doesn't make sense to go, why make yeah, a fake invasion in that regard when they've had so much opportunity in the past to go and wipe us out? Even now yeah. they could even wipe us out. But the only problem is that they'll, they'll, we'll start pushing back with the nukes and then yeah. destroy the whole world and, and you know, yeah. then it's buggered. So to me, the fake invasion sort of thing just, just doesn't make sense. I, I can't really yeah, see that no, being no. a thing. Yeah, no, it's, it, it doesn't, not, doesn't wash, does it? Hey, look, I think I think that I'm not saying there's no bad guys, black hats, whatever you want to call them, out there in the universe. But I think that you know it's the benevolent species are the ones who are really trying to bring us up to speed on, on you know, um, on what's going on, uh, the bigger picture, um, facilitate our own evolution, and and welcome us into a global into a global into a galactic community. You know, I really think that they're dying to you know, have a big party and welcome us aboard. But, you know, we've got a lot of work to do and, and they're helping us to lift our game, evolve, whatever you want to describe it. Um, so, look, we're in for a fascinating time. What better time to be alive, you know, right now than to have this sort of transition, this... Um, What's the word everyone's using at the moment? Um, this ascension, you know, <laughs> the lifting, the lifting of um, society, of humankind's, you know, um, spiritual development, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, is a strong thing too. We do need to have a bit of a, a stronger spiritual development, but unfortunately, the way things are, everyone's too busy looking at their phones, you know, watching around what's the world, too involved in crap TikTok and all sorts of stupid shit on you know you can get stuck in the damn things for hours throughout the day I've, i'm guilty of it myself i hate it as much as i hate to admit it but you know like everyone's too busy sort of yeah looking on their phones to sort of be focused on the human nature and all sorts of stuff to try and create the spirituality and try and connect because everyone's too busy looking at the phones trying to connect through that way or they're arguing over stupid like you know black white black blue gay lesbian whatever you know all that sort of crap people are too busy arguing with that and like in reality, I don't, I don't think anyone really cares if anyone's gay or black yeah. or white. There's no care for that. But it's just the social media pushes it so much, and then people sort of, I don't know whether you know, you know, trolls basically. You know, they're, they're amping everyone up, and it keeps us divided. And so that's where yeah. we're not getting the spiritual reality. Yeah, which is yeah, exactly the plan. Mm. You know, so we're not we're not get we're not connecting to, where, to the level that we should be because of all this crap on the social medias. Get rid of social well, media and all sorts well, of stuff, media, um, then we'll, we'll probably connect a lot better. Mm. Yeah, well, that's right. No, well said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm getting flustered now. It's, it's, it gets frustrating me. But so, look, I want to go back to um, your initial, your first experience there. Like, so now this craft, um, 
You see, you're 15 minutes there, so I'm going to put this back up. Yeah, put, the, put, put it, it up again. Put um, it back up in. Get yeah, back that was here. it. So what do you think the yeah. actual craft was doing there for 15 minutes? Like, what do you think? It's it just hovered. Whole... It was absolutely silent. It hovered, uh, just sat there. It went across, across the road and then just went out into the middle of this paddock. Boom. And I drove in, pulled the car in, pointing at it like that. And that's what I saw for a quarter of an hour. You know, silent. I remember thinking... Damn, there are no V8 exhausts coming out of that mother. <laughs> <laughs> Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Like what, and I've had this curious, and, and I have an organization I've, I've created now and doing renewable energy research called Mag Energy, uh, oh, because I, I that has got to be powered by something. And what is it? So you know, we want to research, um, you know, the actual technologies that enable that sort of, you know, um, anti-grav, silent motion. You know, and 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 what the hell does it? How does it do it? And what's the fuel? These were the thoughts going through my mind. It's like, and as I, I and I did have that thought of. Them, you know, no exhaust pipe. So, you know, what the hell is it? And those windows, as I said, the main thing for me was studying those windows because they they were dully lit. There was a dark, not dark, it was a metallic, the whole thing was metallic, like a silver in, in the dusk. But um, but th those lights were lit slightly lighter. So, and I just, as I said, I never saw any movement, but damn, I studied those watching for it you know i wanted to see if anyone's gonna wave at me and then what would i do i don't know but, but and, and the funniest thing was you know shall i flash my lights at it i flash my lights yeah no <laughs> yeah that's right yeah <laughs> but like over the, over the years you had been so over the years you've been thinking about this like have you had any ideas like what it's 
cause for being there would be? Like, any ideas of like what it might have been doing in I, that nature? Yeah, well, I think just like they are, they come to investigate and and check out the locals. That's like, you know, we don't want to go and upset the messy house on the street, but let's go and just have a look at it. And and from what I, you know, I've studied astronomy a lot, and I've followed all of these sciences as well. So I reckon Earth's a beautiful blue-green planet. And it's probably, from what I've been hearing and reading, it's probably quite rare. It's not the common, not as common. So I think they, you know, there's a lot of sightseeing and investigation. I mean, things, I, I you read about cow mutilations and that kind of thing. So I, you, I've concluded that, well, if you're studying, you would study the animals. And geez, they eat a lot of those. So let's go and have a look at what they are. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that sort of stuff, it's research. Um, yeah. And um, so I think that's what they're doing is they're keeping an eye on us and a lot of research going on. But this was, as I said, the fact that it went over the hill and the big mother craft the following night came from exactly that same spot back the other way. Uh, so it was a scout craft for the mother craft. And, you know, why did I get to see it? Time will tell. I don't know. You know, but I, was, place, uh, right time. I, got, I got lucky. It certainly woke me up, put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So with the other second craft, I don't think you really mentioned much of a shape. You just said there's a black shape to it. Like, what was the actual initial shape to the actual whole well, craft? Well, because it was going like this, I don't quite recall the front edge shape because I was still waking up to it, you know. It's like it's just gone over. And I'm talking to the top of the windscreen of the car, so I just got the car and get a look. So, But then it was just a big, wide football field and a half wide. I mean, it blotted literally sky from there to there. You know, so you know, um, so uh, it was big, and then it had these two massive trailing arms that went quite a long way back, with a big gap between them. So, and they sort were sort of like the Star Trek Enterprise sort of look. Well, to it, it. Yeah, like, yeah. all on the one level, one plane. Yeah. Okay. No, not like Star Trek. That's why I said I'm joking. The bloody Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, that's probably like yeah, the best yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. But it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It just, but it did have those two massive training arms. And I was fascinated with the fact that the guys out at where it went to when he said it turned on the hyperdrive because they saw sparks and lights and then it pew, went up into the sky. Uh, a massive craft like that. So, um, but I've never seen any other shape similar, or maybe a couple of, to that mother craft. And all the ufology, and you know, just, I've been following it all. I've got a, probably a terabyte of images and videos uh, that I've collected in that 40 years. And um, But I've never seen that craft, never seen anything like that one. And that's intrigued me. I thought, you know, you don't tend to see windows. They don't typically have windows. Uh, so the fact that it had windows was, for me, it just made it much easier to accept, I suppose. Yeah. Was and, it spinning at all? Sorry? Was it spinning at all? No, yeah, and, and a lot of them do. You see that sort of rotation yeah. thing happening. A lot of them do, the lights. and they can, As I said, this just had a glowing dull light underneath. It wasn't that harsh white. I've actually, that's actually liquid ink, liquid paper I've put in because the guy had one bright light under the artist, and that wasn't what it was. So I tried to get it closer to reality by putting white out. Uh, but it was a duller, diffuse, soft light. Totally silent, did not move, just stopped, did not rotate, nothing like that. But those three levels of windows, as I say, big two-story house, that was 150 metres, probably 30 metres off the ground. Um, 
and just look i'm getting the feeling going up the back of my my neck now just remembering it you know it was an awesome moment um but not a minute 15 minutes you know and that was just so so different yeah, so, and that's what I was sort of curious on. Like, he's like, do you have any thoughts on what they could have been doing? Like, what's why would well, they be checking me out? I, I've come, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, look at, look it's at a this long time to sit there. And they, <laughs> who knows if they've got telepathy and that kind of thing, but they're probably going, well, he's trying to figure it out. You know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's going through that process. Oh, there he goes, rubbing his eyes. Now he's pinching himself. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and that's exactly what I did. It's yeah. like this is real. I'm not dreaming this, you know. But it felt like a dream initially, and that's interesting. A lot of people say that feels like a dream because you're struggling to comprehend it. Um, yeah. But um, you know, after a few minutes, I was like, "Well, damn, I can't get rid of it. That's there." You know. And that's the biggest thing too. Like when once, once you experience something like this, it just absolutely blows your mind. You know, like I've never seen something like this myself. I've only seen something that's strange, but I haven't been able to identify it because it's nothing i could really go and cut it close to something like to really explain it like i did have something that might be an idea but then the people i spoke to um who also saw it that just ruled out every possibility uh to yeah. try and identify it so therefore to me that's a uh, you know an unknown on that one and like, yeah. yeah and since that day like I, I even though i was already interested in the whole topic to begin with it just it gives you a really big buzz you're like wow i'm seeing something here i can't explain and it's just like but for people who like yourself who have seen something like this, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Like it yeah. gets me buzzing, going, "Oh, I want to see something like this." And I'm like, I'm sure so many other people want to see something like this too. Yeah, well, you, you will, you will, Anthony, you will. I'm and hoping. Soon. <laughs> and soon. But I tell you what, it's interesting you say that because people will they try and rationalise and justify it because yeah. it's really uncomfortable for them. This cognitive dissonance and stuff like that, right? So it's like, oh, so that's no, nah, it was a light. It was this. It was. Reflections of a fishing fleet. It was all these different things. Um, and it's because they're trying to, you know, they're being conditioned as we have all been conditioned. Uh, so they're trying to explain it away. Uh, whereas I had the time to actually come to grips with it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is a Devo hat, isn't it, Jane? <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what, actually, that reminds me though, not just Devo. But there's an amazing uh, group called the Fifth Dimension, right? And they have they have got a couple of songs, uh, "The Age of Aquarius" and "Up, Up and Away" and "My Beautiful Balloon" and that kind of thing. But one of the most amazing songs I would recommend everyone listen to uh, it was originally by Klaatu, but the Carpenters covered it, and it's called "Calling Occupants of Interplanetary yep. Craft." Yeah, have a listen to that. And there's a World Contact Day that was spawned by that song. Every year, once a year, the people around the world try to make contact with these higher beings. And um, but anyway, in calling occupants of interplanetary craft by the uh, by the carpenters, and it was played by a guy who had a, a show, a bit like yours, who had a radio show, and he started off with this funny thing about you know um, they were interrupting him, and he's trying to um, you know run his show, and then this then they cut into the song. But it's an amazing song. It's extraordinary uh, what the actual words say and how prescient it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we've got um, Trooper here and the questions. Here. We did sort of cover I was going to ask the question, but you sort of answered the question regardless. Um, but I'll ask the question just um, to help Trooper out here. 
Um, so did you lose any time? I don't know, yeah, missing good time. question. Good question. I bloody didn't. And, you know, I, I, I well, <laughs> I don't think I did, you know. It's like I, Because I, I, I was looking at my watch and I checked it and I didn't get any, there was no voices in my head or anything to either like that. But, yeah, I've thought about that and people have asked me that the question before, but I'd swear I didn't, but, but 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 you know I just you, you, how do you be how do you sure as I said quarter of an hour who knows what actually went on that I was unaware of I I I, I don't preclude that as an option but I was totally unaware of it. Yeah, just the fact that you also you kept an eye on the time I sort of feel like it rules out the possibility of it. But after that, whilst yeah. you're travelling to try and catch this thing, there could be a possibility there as well. I don't know if you're taking notice of time then, um, but I'm, I'm just speculating here. So, um, oh, I've lost you again. You're going glitchy on me. Yeah. Go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It. Yep. it was certainly nothing away, like you know, being taken aboard or anything like that that I was aware of. Um, I mean, you know, it's, but, uh, no, mine was kind of a, I was about to say normal experience, <laughs> but it's not normal really at all, is it? No, it's not. Um, and another question I was going to ask too, like when you were all on top of the hill there with the um, like the 100 viewers there on um, trying to spot these things again, did you happen to talk to anyone there about your experience there like the night prior? Sorry, the night prior? Or... Yeah, the night prior. So, when, uh, so you've obviously seen this object first and then oh, the next yeah. night. This one Friday night, the, then the Saturday, yep. the big mother craft went over the city. That's then right. The so Sunday then the, night, so the, the, the Sunday night. People everywhere waiting for yes. it to come back. That's right. Yeah, uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, did just my flatmates. Look, I did a filed a report. I had a ufologist guy come out a few days after all this happened, and I filed a big report, but he's I can't track him down either. Uh, um, he was probably 30-ish and really interested, so he took, you know, did all the, took all the notes and that kind of thing. But um, but no, it was just friends and, and, my, and my flatmates, and, and we had a couple of other flat flat nearby with we had friends there so there's probably five or six of us and um you know first night i was Woo, you know this is what's happened and they were wow you know and then the second night was big time because it was news um, everywhere uh and um and then that's when we hopped in the car and packed up and went up the hills and and that blew them away uh blew me away too but to see everyone there yeah, with the binocs and cameras. <laughs> yeah, but did, but did you happen to I mean, talk to anyone I'm there at the time, though? Like, like, like uh, discussing the whole scenario with anyone? Or did you mention to the, like, your, your first encounter there to like see if anyone else might have seen the same object? Well, look, it was because it was over the radio. You know, we tuned into two or three stations, and it was coming in on all the radio stations. We just figured there'd be, you know, it was a big event. There'd be a lot of it. And so I just followed the, the, the newspapers and the radio. Didn't hear much more about it on the radio after that, but the papers covered it a bit. Um, yep. And um, but it was the people ringing in on the radio what that as it was happening, you know, as that just as it happened. Because as I said, while we were driving out to this river mouth, you know, which is where it, the line I took on it, where it went to, uh, we were listening to these people going, "Wow, we just saw this, we just saw that," and, and that's why I'm saying if if. The, the media coverage is somewhere there, and I am asking if anyone, if this gets to someone from that from the Christchurch at that time, about 1980, and it was summer because it was warm, um, that remembers this 
parts of this or whatever, you know, get in touch, let us know, you know, and let Anthony know because um, there's got to be corroborating evidence given the numbers of people who were around and witnessed it. Yeah, absolutely. There's got to be someone who's got to have it. It's never idea. made the media. It's never been this. I, I think I'm the first actually bringing the out, bringing this out um, into the public domain. I gave a talk on it once in the Perth here, where I live, um, uh, out at Murdoch University, and um, talked to, as I'm talking to you about it in front of it, a bunch of probably 60, 80 people, uh, and um, with this uh, a group called the was it Australian Research Cycle psychical research aspar group or something or other um but otherwise i i just i've been for quite a while i was low key because every time you raise it people would just go whoa you know and they weren't ready and to this day some people i've got friends who are just not ready <laughs> they, you know they're like oh yeah yeah you don't believe in that shit do you and i said yeah, no i know it it's beyond belief i know it i sat there watching it you know <laughs> yeah and uh and so therefore the extrapolation is therefore we're part of a larger galactic global oh, i keep saying global galactic community uh and it's teeming with life out there and all forms of life presumably and damn a lot of them are visiting us checking us out and they are waking us up and it's accelerating and it's, it's all about to happen in the next year or two sooner yeah, is later <laughs> And yeah. so, Anthony, your show is going to go ballistic when this really starts to happen. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll look. Good I'll on you on. for doing it, by the way. Good on you for no, doing no, it. No, thank you. Um, but uh, look, Especially so I've got to TV series. I mean, you've got to get some credit <laughs> for that. He's <laughs> open. It's uh, yeah. it'll be it'll be good. Um, so I've got I've got a question here from Michelle. Um, have you gone under hypnosis, or have you considered going I'm under hypnosis to try and get it's a... Another good, another good question. I have, actually. Uh, I did it, and it was only about a year ago. Uh, I went to... I, I, I started to follow an amazing hypnotist called Dolores Cannon, and she has quantum healing hypnosis technique, QHHT. So there's a local lady, and I went to her, and... <clears throat> And um, didn't really so just not really go under, but I went through the whole process. Uh, but there was nothing. That's where I I was curious about the missing time factor, and you know what else might have happened while I was was I put under during this event, and what might have else happened. But none of that came out. Um, so it was just got more detail. It was just, and so I'm now able to, as I have here, flesh it out more with you. No, that's awesome. That's excellent. Oh, always, it's got something out of it. Um, so I've got another question here from Chris from a little bit while back there, um, just going through your encounter. So um, Chris has asked, uh, if you did not have this encounter, would you still be in the same profession you're in today? Um, I think he's probably referring to your um, your magnetics and all sorts of stuff. You're in oh, your, the, um, the energy. energy. Well, that's, that's a sideline business. Yeah, look, I'm a mentor. and um, Like I've done the whole corporate thing, senior executive type <coughs> role. Um and I've been a mentor to a lot of business startups and and that kind of thing. So I, it has it's a good it's a brilliant question really because it has steered me into understanding uh, cognitive or now called neuropsychology. I have devoted twenty five years to assisting. Uh, yeah, Felicity's right. Um, assisting people um, with unsetting and resetting mindsets. So perception became a huge fascination for me as a result of this because that my perceptual system was trying to talk me out of an obvious reality that was staring me in the face. Why was that? 
you know, cognitive dissonance. So I've learned all of this stuff and I've been teaching it. And I've, I've run all sorts of senior executive teams, 400 workshops um, with including premiers and ministers and, and senior executives of major companies and major programs. It's just sort of, you know, it, and it's all about how, how, the, how you adjust mindsets, how the mind side of things work. So as I describe it, what the keyboard functions are for the necktop computer, you know, or how to give yourself an OS update, you know, fix the glitches yeah. and add some features. It's what you do with your phone, do it for yourself. So that's been my career. And I would attribute it a lot to this experience. So long answer, but yes, it's had a big impact on my career. No, that's awesome. Um, so, so do you sort of feel like um, these beings or whatever you want to call them, they're sort of like, you think they sort of figured out how to go and hardwire themselves and as you explained, then you know, like update themselves to a, a, a more knowledgeable beings or something like that. Do you think that's something that they sort of may have worked out? Yeah, I think it's part of the evolutionary process. I mean, neuroplasticity is the cutting edge. That's which basically in your brain, your root systems are grow and develop, and you, you can garden it. You've got weeds in there, you stop watering them, you know. So that's not like me anymore. What is like me? Well, visualization is a powerful thing. So you grant you plant a new seedling and grow it. So that can become a belief that, you know, I'm brilliant at this rather than, you know, I'm terrible at it. And it's just a case of gardening. So stop watering the weeds, plant the seedlings, water them regularly. And that's visualization and emotional visualization and all that kind of thing. Uh, affirmations are a powerful thing, mantras. You know, it's all, you just load your own software these days to take you, to for the autopilot to take you where you want to go rather than it's tearing you off with procrastination and doing you know, all this other stuff. Just update the software. We know how to do it. The science is there now. Neuroscience, um, neuroplasticity, as I say, uh, is the key to that. Um, and, you know, that's how we grow and evolve. And that science is there now. I show footage inside the brain of it happening. I've had the toughest engineers, the network engineers, even tougher, um, going, wow, you know, what's the evidence? So to see it happening in a brain is fascinating. And it just, right, so you can write your software, but this is how you load it. This is how you imprint it and that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's To me, it's fascinating, not to everyone, but most of my clients love it. Yeah, no, look, it definitely is interesting. So look, how does it go about then when, um, like, obviously we've got to try and learn to go and sort of hardware ourselves to go on how we want to go. But then how do you sort of... Uh, divide between the good information to the bad information yeah so, well, you're not, start, so you're not downloading the virus loading the program that I'm, I'm fantastic at discerning truth from false <laughs> um and and you know one of the greatest lessons for me has been to ask my higher self um you know ask yourself and i call it my higher self which is yeah a lot of people do actually and, and with time you, you it's actually intuition right gut feeling um but you get this answer and I oh, fuck it's invariably right. You know, it's like, no, this is a bit of hogwash. So if I'm reading something, it doesn't feel right. I don't bother. I, I, I only follow certain things. And if they get, hit the right spot and I'm feeling good about it, <coughs> then I'm trusting my higher self at that guidance, so to speak. Yeah. And it's just something you learn. Um, but it's, as I say, I've been doing this for 25 years and uh, riding that wave of originally cognitive psychology. So it's, it's not theory based. It's it's actually evidence based, and that's the beauty. 
Yeah, I'm just so yes, scared. Like, you know, right. Your brain's a powerful tool, but you need to be a powerful tool operator. <laughs> that's right. And that's where I sort of feel like, you know, a lot of people, are, you know, they're, they're getting very misguided by a lot of things that are getting thrown on, on social media these days. Like, as you're saying, like, you know, you're going through, you've got CGI's, you've got the misidentifications there and all sorts of stuff. And I sort of feel like people are getting too drawn into it and starting to believe it, which gives a lot of discredit to the whole UFO community um because they just jump to the conclusion going, oh it's got to be real if it's you know for whatever reasons um without doing the actual proper you know investigation to a bit deeper because a lot of the stuff you see on facebook there it doesn't come with the details like it doesn't have the times the dates and the, the locations and the details and also stuff to try and give like a bit of a better detailed investigation to it you know like people just go oh yeah, here's a little video of a little light in the sky and you know it does that's it i've seen something and it's like yeah. well okay that's cool like okay it's, yeah it's a ufo in a sense but it could be something that's identifiable or easily identifiable yeah. but because yeah, of the yeah, lacking yeah. information and people just want to jump on that bandwagon or they see the cgi crap and think it's real because we've got the technology now that's where videos are coming through like in the uh, i don't know if people have looked into what the the new um the development uh, engine is like the unreal engine 5 um if you know about that um uh, it's yeah. a wait what was that Unreal Engine 5. It's the new um, engine. So video games getting developed through it. Um, oh, there's a lot okay. of CGI stuff. Um, a lot of stuff. And it's it's good to the point there where it's near realistic. Um, yeah. It's just it's absolutely mind-blowing of what they're getting out with technology these days. And it's it so is. easy for people to get fooled. And like there's been a couple of times there where I've watched a few videos there on, on it and I'm thinking, shit, that's pretty bloody real. And then it's like, hang on a second. Like, oh, I'm a bit of a gamer myself, you know, and I've, Watched a bit of stuff and yeah, if you know that you if you've got the eye for it and you just watch a lot of crap videos of CGI crap, you sort of know what you're looking for. And like you, you just sort of like oh shit as well, that's real, that's really cool. And then next thing you see something that just glitches out or something that just yeah, puts it out of yeah. realistic realism, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, you got me. <laughs> you nearly got me. But then, yeah, then yeah. the people that aren't aware of that, they get drawn into it and they're like, Oh, it's gotta be real, you know, it's yeah, sucked in, uh, real. and then sucked into it. And then that's where the our brains are, yeah, okay, they're a powerful tool, but they're also a powerful tool for deception as well. Uh, look, brain can be easily tricked. I, I've done in this in these these um, leadership development workshops and that kind of thing. I run. I, we do a lot of perceptual tricks. You now, how do magicians, illusionists do their stuff? You know, it's yeah. like, and the brain the brain has got so many flaws in terms of perception. I mean, you know, eyes and ears only read two two little windows. You know, um, in the electromagnetic spectrum, there's all this other stuff and. And you know the amazing illusionists and technology is is really helping them as well. But you know how do you make the Statue of Liberty disappear? You know David Copperfield, that was you know well you have a stadium here and you just rotate it away without them realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's gone. You know? um, but the brain can be tricked so easily, and that's yeah. fascinated me. And it started back then doing this. And I just want to say. One of the best UFO video clips I have ever seen with the best collection is something called The Fence Is Down. You get it on YouTube. The Fence Is Down by Alex Collier. And it's, it's, um, it's got this most intense collection of close-up UFO crap I have ever seen. It's, it's awesome. I thought that was too good to be true then. <laughs> so, well, it's, you look, there's, there's one thing in it when they've got a big thing on a truck that's just a bit of bit mining equipment, a bit, you know, the, yeah. that's that was the only one I could go, yeah, nah, nah yeah, nah, yeah, nah. Um, 
but the rest were like, oh, you know. Questionable. Pretty amazing. It raises the question of going, are they legit photos and that? Yeah. Because the thing I see, like, I sort of argue with it too is like, you see a lot of stuff on, again, social media um, of people capturing these, you know, undeniable evidence of these crafts. You know, the detail is incredible. You know, it was like, well, how come you can capture that when everyone's got a picture, like a, a camera in their pocket, basically? There should be hundreds, if not thousands, of photos of these high definition, you know, high resolution images of these crafts like everyone in everyone's pockets like everyone should be snapping these things like but yet we don't we always see there is um, pixelated and crap and yeah yeah it's it's frustrating for me yeah Yeah. well you see you've opened your mind a lot of people open and close it you know it's like they go wow yeah nah Uh, you know no no, i didn't see that and that's what i noticed with the people so even some of the people a couple of my friends yeah, no, I didn't see that. You know, a week or two later, they didn't want to know about it anymore. They didn't want to talk about it. It's just it's all uncomfortable because it forces you to jump a whole level of thinking into, you know, what's really going on. And so it's just yeah. too much for a lot of people. So they go, yeah, no, I don't want to know. And um, and so they, you know, stick their head in the sand, but they still get their butt blasted off by the sandstorms. And those sandstorms yeah. are arriving right now. Yeah. That's the frustrating thing too. Like, there's so many stories around the world. Like, you know, there's such a common ground when it comes to UFOs, paranormal, cryptids, and all sorts of stuff. So people are seeing strange things around the world, but yet there's so many other people around the world that don't want to admit to, or even, you know, want to open that perspective of their environments to go on the, of the possible reality of these things existing. You know, and to me, I've, that's another frustrating part to me. Like, it's like, you know, the people who do share their experiences there, they've got nothing to gain from it. And there's too many stories from, you know, from the past to today's sort of thing. Like, okay, yeah, again, so like a few things can be misidentified and some people want to go and come to assume and come to conclusions of different things they feel might be something. But um, but then again, there's still people like yourself who have seen something amazing such as this crafts and, you know, people have seen other things that do that defy all of our known capabilities in technological wise. And yet they still get denied of that you know the the of that credibility yeah so to me that's frustrating <laughs> yeah. yeah it is it is well you know well you're a paradigm pioneer anthony that's a good way of describing <laughs> it and that is frustrating role sort of yeah oh look, look I'll, I'll admit like doing this whole thing there like, I've, I've probably been damaged a lot from like you know because I, I analyze a lot of images and stuff like that and a lot of stuff i see on through social medias and stuff like that. it's nothing there that i that will i can say is credible but okay yeah i can go from their person's words and how to describe it as long as it's got the details there it's like all right cool i can try and maybe so and try and you know um identify it if i can yeah but if it's uh if it's an if i can't identify it, i'm not going to go and say it's an alien craft just to go and boost the ego of someone you know or they want to try and claim it as an alien ufo but like, yeah. unless it's done something that you know defies our laws of physics, you know, then that, by all means, yeah, you've seen something that's incredible. But to go and post something on Facebook there or just a little block in the image, like I'm saying, like I'm I'm damaged from this because <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, frustrating yeah. me. I'm at that point there where it's like I, yeah. I can't find anything that's to to really help people to be credible in their experiences there. And that's, that's part of the reason why I do this podcast because I believe the people that I talk to, like yourself, you know, and others that are in the in the past uh, episodes and that, they're the credible people to me. But seeing stuff through Facebook there of something that's just can't give that evidence to it and crap without the, uh, the 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 information behind it, then I can't believe it. And it's just 
yeah. yeah. Again, I'm frustrated. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. blabbering now. Yeah, yeah. No, well, as I said, I'm an open-minded skeptic, but I, I'm I'm less of a skeptic now. I write off twenty, maybe thirty percent of what I'm seeing, but the rest I just can't. And I and I know it so. I know now that many of those are actually real, um, simply because I've had the experience. You know, so I, I, yeah. I'm more. I tend more to accept, but I'm still an open-minded skeptic. That's like, as you said, CGI is getting bloody good, and and you can pick it though. There's, as you said, there's glitches. There's just proportions. There's things that are not right. Okay, so you know, some guys just muddying the water, but damn. Uh, more than half is real you know and it, i mean how it's like how many that has to be real to prove a point like yeah if you have a cure for cancer you've got a cure for cancer you only need yeah. one <laughs> right That's right so it's that sort of thing like so um yeah i think people but as i said splitting the population and people are waking up to it but those that want to remain asleep will just there's going to be a divergence over the next year or two and when it happens, I reckon there's going to be a lot of crazy people trying to deny what's being bloody what's obvious and that kind of thing. It's it's going to send some people up the wall, um, and it's a little split society in some ways. I think whether it's like this or like that, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's probably a bit more like that because I think once people start seeing the, the more credible evidence behind what people have been trying to explain for the last. 10, 20, 30, you know, hundreds of years, you know, how can they deny that? You yeah. know, well, they can. And, and, they can. And, and like that's why the whole psychology aspect is fascinating to me because they do deny the obvious, you know. Yeah, they do, yeah. And, yet, and then others accept um, stuff which is just crap. So <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so you've got both extremes, and you know that's why I think being open-minded but skeptical. You know, yeah, it's not a bad thing. Look, it's probably a good thing to remain a bit skeptical. You know, I hate the word skeptical. I'd rather call it critical thinking. You know, critical analysis. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, keeping things grounded but open to the idea and the possibilities of things that are out there. And that, that to me, I feel is a a more healthier way to go and do things because I've I've seen people that are where they're a bit too open minded, <laughs> and, you know. And, yeah, and yeah. So the brains not, fall out. Yeah, basically, and it's like oh, I, I'm not trying to like you know give anyone a hard time on that, but like there I have I've have seen it there where some people just like you know they, they believe any light in their backyard is a UFO and or you know they got yeah, the security yeah. cameras there and you got bugs flying around. It's like oh that's a UFO there and it's like all right, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Well, some people are keen, you know, like you, you, they're keen to have an experience, so they're going to try and read stuff into it, and that's being a little, <clears throat> you know, not skeptical enough or not critical enough in your thinking. Yeah, or they've had an experience um, so and they want to try and get another one. Yeah, well, you know, look, you will. Uh, you keep running this show, and you know, they'll probably pick up on it and come and say, Anthony, you're doing <laughs> a good job there, bro. <laughs> so, why don't you come aboard and have a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, oh, look, I have seen some other things there, like, but nothing of of the nature that you've you've experienced yourself or others. Um, you know, nothing to say that it's a full on craft of that nature. It's just been a strange light that I can't explain. That's and that's yeah, all I've ever yeah. seen in that's separate occasions. So, and and that's the the frustrating part is like you you sort of like you know what you're seeing, but you just can't identify. It. And that's the strange part. Like, well, is it something that's ours? Is it something that's like you know? Yeah. Is it uh, like you know that you're I don't know if you want to call it like a bell craft maybe or something like that, or 
top hat some people call it a lamp lampshade or something like you know or the you know the tr3b sort of shape the triangular crafts like that's yeah. something like yeah. i want to see and I, I feel like this is something that should everyone should see throughout their lifetime and say look these things actually do exist you know yeah yeah so you know it, it's just yeah i'm losing myself here <laughs> yeah just i'm gonna have to um go in a minute but that's all right, fascinating things that's coming out of the moment um uh, um, even out of the Pentagon uh, and NASA, are, are people coming out saying that there is a space force we already have. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and that we have some, and those that what reminded me of it was those triangular craft they reckon is part of this technology that uh, being built here. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it's, it's incredulous. But um, these are people who should know and should know better if they, if they, you know, talking a lot of rubbish, but you know, it's a kind of as I say, I, I stay tuned to all of this, but uh, I, you know, grain of salt. And uh, and when you get many, many people from credible sources saying it, then you know, give it a bit more credul um, credibility. That's right, and that's what we need more credibility to try and back this up, just to try and you know, prove the existence. And but the other frustrating thing too is like you know, you got so many people in the world that have are having these experiences there. Is that not evidence enough to the whole world of society? You'd think, because like, you know, think I think so. it's when you go to a court system, there, if you have two witnesses, that's good enough evidence to go and you know justify someone's um, uh, what do you call it? A you know, go to jail or whatever. <laughs> I'm kind yeah, of thinking of the words yeah, now, yeah. but you know, but yet uh, you know, thousands of witnesses around the world seeing these strange crafts isn't good enough. It's, where's yeah. that work in the justice system for people? Well, well, I've come to the conclusion that there are those that are woken up. There are those that are waking up and there are many that are still asleep. Mm. And so, you know, um, I would observe this, you know, people who observed that back in, when I saw it, the big craft, were, you know, weeks or months later denying the fact they saw it. That was just yeah. too uncomfortable for them. And that intrigued me. And it's like, you saw that, you know, so yeah. we all saw that. And you are now saying, no, 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 no. I think it was a reflection to the fishing fleet. It was something else. I think I was dreaming. It, they want to talk themselves out of it. And that, yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting phenomenon. Yeah, it is. It's very and interesting. That's, what, that's what's going to happen with the, this the whole disclosure thing. I think when it eventually happens is, as I keep saying, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's, it's going to be a, a real ride to, to something to watch. You know, it's going to be quite amazing to witness, I would expect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, mate, look, I think we'll sort of end it there. If um, anyone's got some quick questions before we finish it up, but um, is there any uh, any final words, any final thoughts on the whole topic? If you want to share that quickly. Oh, look, I, you know, it's um, the world's going through a lot of change. I think you know things are probably going to get dramatically worse before it gets better. Yeah, you kind of um, there's going to be this disclosure. This is all my reasoning, right? Uh, there's going to be this disclosure and, and admittance that yeah, there are these craft and that kind of thing. And then there's going to be this process of people going, well, Jesus, that's real. Then what, 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 what? And I, as I said, I've had 40 something years to come to do that. What, what next, what next, what does that mean? Extrapolating it all. But the most, a lot of people are going to be struggling with that. You know, it's going to be a, a tumultuous time. And uh, but and, and it will split, you know. As I think you're right. It's going to split. You know, there's going to be those who are awake, those who are asleep, those who are waking up will probably rise up too. But there's going to be, I reckon, a bunch who will just go into denial, and God knows what happens then. 
yeah i think a lot of the uh you know religions and uh those sort of things will go to go to shit basically <laughs> in that regards yeah um, without bringing it, the religion too much so outdated, you know it's just craziness god's cool god's fine but religion yeah, nah, yeah. i think it, actually i think it uh it's probably a bloody control mechanism you know Oh, exactly. I feel like that's, yeah, I'm not much of a religion person myself, but yeah, I think that's exactly what religion is, just a, a way to control people. Just like a yeah. government, basically, and you know, fear. the way they do things now. Yeah, and, fear, and fear is a use powerful it, Use it to generate fear, you know? So, um, anyways, look, it's been a pleasure, and uh, no, I hope you're listening and enjoying it. But as I say, you got the scoop. It's coming up, um, not this Thursday, next Thursday's my one, but that six-part series probably well worth watching. At least I hope it is. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Right, mate. Well, thanks again, mate. It's been wonderful having you on. Um, and uh, yeah, um, hopefully someone who's been listening to this uh, can sort of share this out and try and uh, get some uh, evidence of your whole in Canada over New Zealand at the time and sort of bring yeah. up the radio <laughs> or even some of the news articles even um, try and bring this uh, this whole sighting to light a bit more. Yeah, well, I hope so. I hope you get some people contacting Anthony. So let me know if you do. Who come out of the definitely. woodwork and go, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. He's hoping. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, all right, mate. Again, thanks again, mate. Uh, it's been wonderful having you on. Okay. Thanks, mate. Good Cheers. Luck. Thank you. And that will do it, folks, for this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget, if you or someone you know has had an encounter, please get in touch with me to be featured on the podcast. If you're a fan of the show, you can support the podcast by purchasing some awesome merchandise that's available on our online store via the link provided in the episode description. So thanks for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you on the next Encounter Down Under. Hey, Root. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.